0: Welcome to the Steven Mansfield Audio Podcast. So I want to talk to you in this podcast about what I learned as a TED speaker. This past weekend, I had the wonderful opportunity to speak as a TED speaker at an event in Nashville, and I talked about the Kurds. I actually, my topic was the Kurds, the world's most famous unknown people. And it was a wonderful experience, but I want you to know that I learned some things. Let me tell you what they were. First of all, you can always get better. I have been speaking professionally since 1981. Those of you who know me know I was a pastor for 20 years and then I became a New York Times best-selling author and I have spoken Tens of thousands of times, fundraisers, Ivy League lectures, uh, Indian reservations in the rain, in churches, um, at sporting events, in locker rooms before NFL football games. I mean, you name it, I have done that kind of speaking. And quite frankly, TED is very good at working you as a speaker. Um, and it, and it, I don't mind telling you, I can, I have my moments of being an arrogant schmuck. And when I first got started in the process, it was a little bit irritating to me. It was a little humbling. Actually, it wasn't humbling. It was arrogant making. And then I became humble. (laughs) for example, they asked me to write a purpose statement. And I ended up writing 11 of them before they were happy. Now, I've written one or two English sentences before, but they worked that. Then I had to do an outline. Then they asked me to change it. Then I had to give the talk in a practice session. I was supposed to give a talk in a second practice session. I had to do my keynote, uh, my slides, and then they checked those slides. And then we had to get permissions for those slides. Then I had to submit the entire keynote again so that they could double check it. I mean it went on and on and on and on and it was all appropriate I realize now and I improved through the process now I, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that as though I'm surprised I know we can all get better I wasn't aware of how much I could get better just by having some discipline imposed on me I mean again I've spoken a lot in my life and and it's it's the, one of the main things I'm known for and I'll say it with all humility I'm I'm pretty good at it. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's what I, what I do professionally, other than write books primarily and consult. But I got better through that process, no question about it. And uh, they, it made me think about who I am. It made me think about my personality. It made me think about how I structure my speaking. So you can always get better. And I did. Once I humbled up, once I listened to the 26-year-old looking me in the face, telling me how I had to communicate to do well with Ted, I got better. So just bear in mind, no matter how good you are at something, but particularly speaking, you can always get better. I certainly did. Number two, brevity is best. Now, I got to tell you, I have a hard time with this. Uh, It's not just that I'm from another generation with a longer attention span. Uh, It is that I teach. I'm not primarily a speaker. I'm a teacher who has to package what he's teaching in ways that are appealing to people. So, Longer's better for me. And when Ted first gave me my time, I had twelve minutes. Then later, they said the introduction would take two minutes of that. I had 10 minutes. And what I was doing was a flyover of the history of the Kurds in 10 minutes. I usually don't say hello to an audience in ten minutes. So I had a lot to learn. And brevity is best. It's not just that the attention spans of millennials are about as long as the legs of gnats. Uh, it is that uh, people today, yes, their attention spans are shorter, are shorter, but also if you want to speak for impact, if you want to have people remember what is said, if you want to have them repeating what is said, speak short, speak clearly, and speak in memorable terms. Brevity is Best. And I don't mind telling you that 10 minutes was hard for me. It wasn't just that I had a big fat topic that they had requested by the way, but it was also that I, I mean, usually a short speech for me and I'm talking about, this is what other people scheduled me for. It's 30 minutes. An average speech is 45 minutes. And so to do a thing on video that the whole world's going to see in 10 minutes and have to do a good job, that was tough. But it really taught me something because it's like someone goes through your house and throws away everything that's not essential. You're screaming, you're in tears, and then you look around and go, huh, this is actually better. And that's the way it was with my speaking. Number three, clarity is everything. When you have to cut down to 10 minutes to speak about something, or sometimes even less, uh, you really have to get clear. You have to refine your sentences. You have to think about your language. You have to think about which words are the best choice. You have to think about the best way to transition from one story to another, and then how to tell each story. Clarity is everything. You're wanting to speak for impact. Now, if you're a comedian and you're just telling jokes and you want people to laugh and remember that they laughed, whether they remember the specific jokes or not, that's different. But if you're trying to, in my case, in this TED event, speak about the Kurds in a way that is powerful and moving and they remember, hopefully forever, and certainly talk about afterwards and act on, you have to be clear. That means you've got to define your terms. That means you've got to say things in simple ways. That means you've got to figure out good illustrations for your ideas. Very, very important. Number four is also critically important, and Ted really helped me understand this, and that is flood the senses. Now, I understand the modalities when it comes to education, the eyes, the ears, the smell, the super rational, the kinesthetic. I understand all of that. We all have probably been exposed to that learning theory. But I'll tell you that TED really did an amazing job. First of all, they require slides. And uh, fortunately, I have a team that does that for me in my company. And they did a great job Under, under Bev's direction. Beverly Mansfield, my wife. Uh, runs Chartwell Literary Group. She does that for authors. Her firm does that for authors and I retain them to do it for me. And they did a magnificent job. And we just did, we hardly, we didn't do any words on the screen at all. Hardly. We mainly had big, beautiful, powerful pictures and it really worked. But when I walked on stage for my part, they had a piano player playing, and they had had other music, and they had the lights set just right, and they had the screen set just right, and they had the sound system going right, and they wanted me to tell stories and use illustrations, and they wanted me to use the slides, and if they could have had somebody massaging everybody's shoulders, they would have done that. In other words, the best speaking appeals to everything that a human being is and all of their senses. So you use humor, you use story, you use pathos, you use music, you use the feeling in the room. If they could have you know, put the smells in the room the way they wanted them to and massage people's shoulders, they would have. That's the art of good communication. Number five is this, practice sets you free. I got to tell you, frankly, they made me a little bit nervous. I mean, I have spoken before kings and presidents, but they, the, the 20-somethings in TED made me a little nervous. They, they, they work you, they prepare you, they get you ramped up, they get you thinking about what you're doing. Uh, the young lady who worked with me, Hannah Elliott, just amazing, hope she's a friend forever. Um, we really uh, enjoyed working with each other, but baby, let me tell you something, I practiced. In fact, the day before the TED event, I got stuck in an airport for seven hours and I sat there in the restaurant mumbling over my iPad uh, so obviously that several staffers in the airport came up and asked me if I was okay. (laughs) But I'll tell you what happened. The fact that I practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and had my facts down, it freed me. It allowed me to bring my personality to the fore a little bit, enjoy some humor, and to not be concerned about the facts. That's what had really sort of freaked me out. I do lots of fact-based speeches. I do lots of talking. But I usually have about as much time as I need. To do it in 10 minutes and park it, wow, that, that that required practice. So I think someone in history, it may have been Mark Twain, um, said, I'm going to have to give a long speech because I I did not have time to prepare a short one. And that's very much how I felt when I was getting ready for this thing. 10 minutes, I bet I practiced that thing out loud to myself or to Bev 60 times. And I've never practiced a speech other than asking Bev to marry me that many times in my entire life. Number six is this, packaging pays. You know, most speakers are decent at this. Folks who don't speak a lot don't really think about it. But it's not just that you have a story to tell. It's how to tell it. How do you communicate what you want to say? What what packaging do you put on it? What bow do you put on it? How do you emphasize the core message? For example, I uh, I wanted to tell the story of the Kurds, but I wanted to do it in a unique way that honor who they are. Well, though the Kurds are a 97% Muslim people, they uh, welcome women to leadership uh, more than almost any other Muslim people in the world. So they have females on their Supreme Court. They have females in their Peshmer, amongst Peshmerga commanders, and, and of course, Peshmerga boots on the ground. Um, they have female entrepreneurs. They have female diplomats. And so I decided to tell the Kurdish story through the lives of three women, and that was the packaging that worked. And so. It, it, uh, it honored the women, it honored the Kurds, it told their story movingly. The pictures on the screen, some of them were just heartrending. you know, literally skeletons from, uh, from mass graves in Iraq, and then some were glorious and beautiful. But the packaging pays, and that doesn't just mean the way that you put frills on it. It means the way you find the heart of the story and express it in the most powerful way. And then finally, you've got to know the one thing. You've got to know the one thing. What's the one thing you want to really leave them with? If they forget your facts, they forget your face, they forget your humor. What's the one thing you want to leave them with? In my case, it was the Kurds. Time has come. They are the next new nation in the world. And we should all help that. We should all help that process along. And that I communicated that I worked that in beginning middle end, but Ted forced me to know the one thing. So let me just review these again, because they were real good for me to know. And again, you're talking to a guy who before he got involved in Ted, I mean, 20,000 speeches in my life probably isn't too much of an exaggeration. You can always get better. Number one, number two, brevity is best. Brevity is best. Number three, clarity is everything, your terms, uh, your illustrations, your, your, your exact stories, etc. Number four, flood the senses. Remember you're talking to human beings who aren't just brains, their ears, their eyes, they have skin, they have smell, uh, they have emotions, etc. Number five, practice sets you free. It doesn't make you robotic. It actually frees you to be who you really are because you've got your speech, the core facts, the core outline down. Number six, packaging pays. Packaging pays. Think about the best way, the best package to send your story, your message, your speech in. It pays. In my case, the story of the courage through through, through the lives of three women, and you'll come up with good ones for yours. And finally, keep the one thing in mind. What's the one thing? The one thing is what you want them to go away with. In my case, it was the Kurds are going to be the world's next new nation. Their time has come, and we should all play a role. All right, I learned a lot from being a TED speaker. Hopefully you've learned a lot from me describing how I was humbled by TED. I celebrate TED, I celebrate Hannah Elliott, and I think you should log on to TED.com and just enjoy the heck out of this revolution in learning that's happening Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question.